I'm going to do um, bottom of 20B, right? right, The bottom, second to last line. Itmar, it was stated. If a Kayan Gadol, the high priest, has marital relations with an Almana, with a woman who was divorced, uh, I'm sorry, a widow who is not permitted to him. Does the Bia of the Kayan Gadol to the Almana herself, does that exempt the Tzara? In other words, Say that again. Okay. It's my Right? So anytime, it's just a funny way to say it, right? But basically what we're saying is anytime a Kayan Gadol does Bia with a Yavama, by definition, she's also an Amana. Does that then exempt her Sarah and herself from having to do Chalitza also? Okay? One of them says that it exempts the Sarah from having to do having to do chalitza or yivam, and the other one says it does, uh, basically, it's not really tzara, it's not tzara as opposed to her, because they're both in the same category, right? They're both an almana. One of them says it does exempt, one of them says it does not exempt. If it's an almana from Nisuin that actually had the first, the second stage of marriage too, everyone agrees that the bia is not going to exempt her. Because the positive commandment doesn't push off the negative commandment and the positive commandment that are associated with a kind gadol having relations with a woman who is a widow, right? So where do they argue? A woman is only an almana from Aresin, from the first stage of marriage. The one who says that it, does, that it does exempt her and her tzara, the positive commandment pushes off the leitase. The one who says it does not push it off, the reason why it doesn't push it off is because in this scenario, it's a little bit of a unique scenario because you have the ability to still do chalitza. And that lacha is that assay only pushes off a lotta say if there is no way to do both, right? How could you do both over here? Well, the assay is to ensure that either yibum or chalitza takes place. So just do chalitza and then you won't be in violation of any prohibition. Mace, we're challenging this. In Baalukanu, we just said at the end of yesterday's staff, right? That if you did yibum, you did acquire them. So seemingly you do acquire at the end of the day. So if you acquire at the end of the day, the implication is that it is ideal. To Yufta, this indeed disproves it. Let's say it's also to Yufta Vishlakash. I'm not Vishlakash, Vishlakash would say to you, Ki Amina Anna, Hecha Demekaini Mitzvah. Aval Hacha Chalitzu, Makim Yibum La Mitzvah. Vishlakash's concept that anytime you have the ability to fulfill the mitzvah, right? Anytime you have the ability to fulfill the mitzvah in a way that also is, um, in a way that does not violate the lav, that's ideal. Rishlakash will tell you, listen, although it's true that Chalitza ultimately does do the trick, it does not do the trick the same way Yibam does the trick. And therefore, if you have a choice between doing Chalitza and not violating the prohibition, or doing Yibam and violating the prohibition, that would actually be considered ideal to Yibam. How do you see a hint to the idea of the secondary stages of Arias in the Torah? Shnemrat says, Ki eskala akel, uh, all of these abominations have the people of this land have they done specifically referring to a riot the, the immoral relation Hakel, this word of Hakel, it means serious abomination the implication is that there are other violations or abominations that are on a lower level and my need, what are these? these are shiniyas, secondary riots how do you see that Hakel means very serious Types of abominations of immoral behavior. And it says the mighty of the land he took away. Let's say he argues on a The punishment for 
midos for using for using measurements that are false and fake weights. That's worse than punishment for arias for you know immoral relationships. When it says l by arias, it, it says ela these. When it says l by um, by false, I'm sorry, it says l by arias and it says ela by by the false weights and ela is even longer. El kasha, the ela kasha me el. El is bad, but ela is even more more severe. Gabe arayas nami. I'm going to have to. Um, so what the Gemara says? What do you mean by arayas? Also, we find this language of ela, right? It also says ela by arayas. So this ela is coming to exclude false weights from the from the punishment of getting kares or being cut off. Indeed, it says ela by both. Ela meicham rayu. But if indeed this one doesn't get kares and that one does get misa. Right, the, the using the false measurements is not going to get you Kari's punishment. It's definitely forbidden. What's its stringency? Hani Afshabatshuva, Hani Lay Afshabatshuva. Wow, very powerful, right? One of these you could do Tshuva for, one of these you can't, right? And the Gemara, I believe in either Baba Matsi or Baba Basha, I don't remember right now, says that the reason why you can't do Tshuva for using false weights is because you don't even know who you stole from anymore. You can't keep a list. And therefore, there's no real way to ever do a full Tshuva. Aviuda Amami Hacha, Yudha says it's from here, the, the hint to the secondary rights from here. The Izan, he listened and he, he delved into and he established many different types of proverbs. came. was like a basket in their handle. came and made many handles to the Torah. You should avoid it. You should not pass by it. They may all love the avor, turn from it and then pass on. We need to add certain prohibitions. The Torah itself is giving us this concept. We need to add certain prohibitions to prevent people from making mistakes. A parable to Ravashi is din. What can we say? A man is guarding an orchard. He guards it from the outside. The entire thing is guarded. If he guards it from the inside, what's behind them is not guarded because they can sneak in. Other Rashi Bedusahi, but that which Rashi said is Bedusa. It doesn't really make sense. Hasam Shalafadam Miyamashtamer. There, at least what's in front of him is guarded. Hacha Yilav Shniyas. If not for the Shniyas, Pagaba Eragufa. Right. So in your in your analogy, at least what's in front of you is guarded. But over here, if there were not Shniyas, then you actually would end up in, in violating the entire thing. So it's not actually. It doesn't give a sufficient weight of what the true Nimshal is. The true story is. Kana Mami Hacha. The hint secondary arises from here. Ushmartim es mishmarti, right? This is a pasuk that we used in um, pasuk that we used in um, in Mayat Katan to explain the the authority for the rabbis to add, um, you know, different layers of prohibition on top of the first layer. Asu mishmaris the mishmarti. You should make a safeguard to my to my guarding. Then, if we have these sources in the Torah that are really telling us that you're obligated to add on different layers of of arayas that are prohibited relationships to prevent people from getting too close to other relationships, then essentially you're really making these daraisa too. Mara says, daraisa parashu rabbana. I mean, one of the very, very um, enigmatic type of ideas about exactly where the rabbis begin and the daraisa end. This is something where there are the sources daraisa, but the rabbis are the ones who explain what the daraisa really meant. Kalatarinami parashu rabbana. What do you mean? Everything is midarabana. Elam midarabana vikaras nachtaba'alma. I'm sorry. Everything is really daraisa and then explain it. You have to say that these psukim are actually just in a smachta, where you have a verse in the Torah that hints to a derabanan, but it's not the same thing. And really, everything is derabanan.
the rabbi saw in a rice. What are the secondary rice? Your mother's mother. The aim of it, your father's mother, the Ashasavi of it, your grandfather from your father's wife, the Ashasavi Imai, and your grandfather from your mother's, your Ashasavi Imai, the wife of your mother's father, the Ashasachiha Abminaim, and the wife of your father's, sorry, the Ashasachiha Abminaim. Okay, yeah. So the wife of your father's brother from his mother. And your mother's brother from your father's wife, and your son's daughter-in-law, your daughter's daughter-in-law. And a man is indeed allowed to marry the wife of his father-in-law and the wife of his stepson. However, he is forbidden to marry the daughter of his stepson. A stepson can marry a stepfather's wife or daughter. And the wife of his stepson says to him, I am permitted to, to you. But my daughter is forbidden to you. The daughter of a stepson is forbidden on a Torah level. What do you mean? It says that her son's daughter and her daughter's daughter is forbidden to you. So why are you saying that the daughter of your stepdaughter is only forbidden on Mirabodon? I teach you that which you learned in the end. Stepson's wife says to him, really want to just set it up in this vein to explain that which we said at the end. I'm permitted to you, my daughter is forbidden to you. And even though the daughter is forbidden, according to the Torah levels, it's, the grand, it's his wife's granddaughter. And still the rabbis did not make an additional decree on me to forbid me to marry your wife. Therefore, in the beginning of the Mishnah also, we taught the, the stepson's daughter. And the father-in-law's wife should also be able to say, I am permitted to you, my daughter is forbidden to you. Because it will end up being the Achos the, Ishto, his wife's sister. The first case is forbidden permanently, but the second case is not forbidden permanently. A wife's sister can become permitted if your wife dies. There are four women the secondary type of riots of a limit. And the prohibition does not go past them to their parents or children. Nakat Rav held three of these in his hand. He was able to explain three of these. His mother's brother from his his mother's brother from her father, his wife. And his father's brother from his mother, his wife. And his daughter-in-law. And Ziri added, even his grandfather from his mother's wife is included. And the simon is the one on top of Rav. In other words, Rav's case of a mother's brother's wife and Ziri's case of a grandfather's wife is one generation past Rav's case. But Rav, my time why didn't Rav mention Ziri's case, which is one generation further up? Because that could be confused with the case of a grandfather from his father's wife. Ziri, what would he say? person goes to visit his father's family regularly. He doesn't usually go to his mother's family. Therefore, we would not need to make an additional prohibition. Um, okay. Uh, that would sort of imply that people are more likely to go to the husband's side for like holidays and Yom Tevim and not to the wife's side. I'm not sure how that plays out in modern history. Okay. Kalase, his daughter-in-law. Right? What do you mean? That I see. She's been on a Torah level. It says that the nakedness of your daughter-in-law you're not allowed to reveal. So, of course, we don't mean the daughter-in-law. What we mean is the daughter-in-law of your son. 
right? So we say, the Kalas but your son's daughter in law has a limit on it. But Tanya, it doesn't have a limit. Erva, your daughter in law is an Erva. Kalas the second, the daughter in law of your son is a Shnia, secondary level. So to you, say about his son, his grandson, and so on forever, that they have a secondary prohibition. Rather, we should say his daughter's daughter in law. I heard this matter from a great man, Umano, who was it? Rabbi Ami, it was from Rabbi Ami. You only forbade a daughter-in-law because of a daughter-in-law. And the Chaldeans said to me, um, you're going to be a good teacher. So I, I mean, I said to myself, if they meant I'll be a great person, then I'll explain what I'm a statement on my own. If they meant I'm going to be a teacher of small children, I'll ask the rabbi to come to teach. Ashta. Now to explain it on my own. The only forbade his daughter's daughter-in-law because of his son's daughter-in-law. I can explain it to you. This, the, like the daughter's-in-law of Barzisay. What are all these cases? Why are these Chadesh? So Zakrashi. That he has in his house, he had living a daughter-in-law of his son and a daughter-in-law of his daughter, and maybe you could get confused. All these cases are cases where they had living in close proximity, daughters-in-law, both a son and a daughter, and that's why there was a concern that maybe you could get mixed up between the two of them. What's the halacha about his mother's brother? Only from his, only from her mother, his wife. What's the halacha? Well, is it? Do we say that his father's brother from his mother? That wife is forbidden to him. And his mother's brother from his fa- from her father's wife is also forbidden. Because there's something connecting closer to being uh, from the father's side, even though it's his mother's father or his father's mother, brother, right? But that being said, maybe they were there. We forbade him. Where there's nothing related to the father at all. No one would ever get confused with this type of relationship and the other type of relationship is actually forbidden. Or perhaps you say Elisha doesn't make a difference. She herself is only a gzera, only a decree. By not making a gzera, we should make another decree on top of that. Aren't they all a decree on top of a decree? His mother is an erva. His mother's mother is a secondary erva. And still they decreed against his father's mother because of the case of his mother's mother. The time of my Kulu de Beima Rabasi Karole, the reason is because they're both called your grandmother. So, of course, it makes sense. Asia's Av of Erva, his father's wife is an Erva, prohibited to you. Asia's Aviyah of Shnia, his father's father's wife is really only a Rabbanan Erva. But God's rather Asia's Aviyah. And even that, we added another layer. We said that the wife of his of the father of his mother is also prohibited, which is only only can be prohibited from the Shnia. We know one step beyond the Shnia. Time of my, what's the reason? Kulu de Be'ava, Rava, Karole, all the ones from your grandfather's house. Erva, your father's brother from the father, that wife is an Erva, totally prohibited. Your, your aunt who was married to your uncle from your father, who was only your father's brother on the mother's side, that's only prohibited on the Shnia level, the Rabbana level. The And still we added the other direction, right? The time of my mission, the Kulu, the Beidai Karilu, because the both of them are called this situation of where they're called your uncle's wife. My, so what's the halacha about his mother's brother 
only from the mother that way. Anytime by a nekeva, by the woman herself, it will be prohibited. Then in the, the contrasting case where it's a, a, a man, they actually said that on the wife of the man type of relationship, in other words, if let's say, not exactly, but let's call it this, right? Your aunt, your mother's sister is prohibited to you, right? So then we would say is that your uncle's wife Right, your mother's brother's wife is also prohibited. Is this indeed a klala? Is this indeed a, a fundamental principle that cannot be violated? Your mother-in-law is an erva. But your father-in-law's wife is permitted. The mother-in-law's daughter is an erva. But the mother-in-law's son's wife is permitted. These are all comparable cases if you're making your tree. right? Your father-in-law's daughter is an erva. But the... the the wife of your father-in-law's son is permitted. Your stepdaughter's in Erva. Your stepson's wife is permitted. Your stepdaughter's daughter is in Erva. Your stepson's son's wife is permitted. So what was the rule of Yudhubar Shila coming to include exactly? Must be coming to include your mother's brother, who is only your brother, from their mother. And that wife is prohibited. Anytime a woman would be prohibited, then the comparable case on the other side were going to prohibit his wife as well. What's the difference between some of these that we say that this rule is, is ironclad and some of these we say it's not? The mother's brother's wife became a relative for only one marriage is necessary because your mother's brother is related to you. But these other cases where they're talking about the steps, the, the father-in-law's son's wife, that's already two different relationships of no connection of just through marriage. What's Allah about a great uncle from the father's wife, a great aunt from the father? Do we say that since underneath them is an erva, so therefore on top of them is also an erva? Or perhaps we say that relation is far enough removed and we don't, we don't make a zera, a decree. Tashma, come in here. What are secondary riots? And we did not include them in this list. The Tana taught some, left over some. My shire, the high shire, what was left over? Now you could say this is also left over. Shire, Shnia, is the Bey Rebchia. He left over the secondary riots of Yeshiva Berchiah. Amemar permitted a great uncle's wife and a great aunt and a and a and in the sister of your grandfather. I once saw the secondary riots of Mar, son of Rabna. And there are 16 cases that were forbidden. My lap. There should be eight from the Brisa on the previous Amid. The six of Yeshiva and these two, these two other cases. These are 16. According to the recent Shivsri, they're actually 17. There's also the case of your mother's brother from your mother's wife. In other words, the wife of your brother, I'm sorry, the wife of your mother's brother, who is only her brother from the mother. That we also said that this is also prohibited. Mark answers, this is not a question. Turn the page. So the case is, 
right? So these two cases, your great uncle's wife and your great aunt are so similar that we consider them only one shitsuri. And then we call it, and we call it um, 16. But ultimately he did see them written down as if there is, uh, if they are prohibited. Amalei, so we'll finish with this. Amalei said to him, according to your reasoning, if it would have been written down as permitted, would you have been willing to rely on this? You would have asked, the son of Ravina, did he actually sign off on this? So over here, it's written as forbidden. Indeed, it was not Mar, the son of Ravna, who actually signed off on this. And therefore, your, your, your whole question was based on assuming that this is uh, you know, part of the authentic, authentic tradition, but you don't necessarily know that. And therefore, your whole question is not actually a question. Okay, this is kind of what people mean when they say Yabamas is, is uh, difficult. So it's not actually difficult. It's more, it's, um, you have to hold cup, as we say in Yiddish, right? You have to really have a hold cup and keep the, keep the different um, levels and relationships in your mind, right? This is really where it would pay to have either an art scroll with a chart in front of you or a smart board behind me where I was like pointing at things and showing the different relationships. One of those two things. But I also have to put in a plug for Earl because I had some of Earl's um, fresh soup. Earl started making fresh soup. I had some potato leek soup today, and it was stellar. Like, really, really good potato leek soup. So thank you very much, Earl. It was clutch, and it was delicious. Appreciate it. There's a, okay. there's a, good, chart, there's a good chart in art school today that really gives you a good picture of the whole thing. Yeah, because you really need, you need to see it like as in, like, family trees and, like, to really get a picture of, like, where are we going over here. And, and I'm saying it quickly because that's what we do here. But um, yeah, if, if you have the chart in front of you, it's not not as complicated as actually. It, yeah, on this page, it, it shows a good. Uh, it, it kind of blows it out. It shows you what it, what there is today. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Take care, guys. Well, good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.